بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وان انس رضي الله تعالى عنه قال ما مسست ديباجا ولا حريرا الين من كف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا شممت رائحه قد اطيب من رائحه من رائحه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولقد خدمت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عشر سنين فما قال لي قد اف ولا قال لشيء فعلته لما فعلته ولا لشيء لم افعله الا فعلت كذا متفق عليه continuing with the chapter which deals with beautifying one's character the narrator of the hadith is anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu as we mentioned previously the testimony of these two categories one is one's servants and the other is one's wife and family as regards to one's akhlaq and character is extremely important and we find both these categories they give glowing testimonials of the akhlaq and character of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam anas bin malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu as we mentioned previously at a young age his mother brought him to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the tender age of 10 when nabi pak sallallahu alaihi wasallam had emigrated made hijrah to madina munawwara and she presented him as the servant of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we see in the latter part of this riwayat walaqad khadamtu rasulullah ashra sinin sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says i was in the service of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for 10 years that is the 10 year period of the life of madina of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is why anas bin malik has the title among sahaba of khadimur rasul khadimur rasulillah the servant of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he was the recipient of the special dua of nabiy pak sallallahu alaihi wasallam ulama mentioned da'a lahu an yubarikallahu fi malihi wa waladihi allah rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam made dua that allah taala should give barakat to anas bin malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu in his wealth and in his children from this we learn that if someone makes you khidmat if someone is in your service then it is part of sunnah to repay and to thank that person in a very effective way from the heart is to make dua for that person unfortunately nowadays somebody is working for us somebody is in our service we are more likely to curse and taunt that person rather than make dua for them allah rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam He made dua for Anas bin Malik. Dua in his wealth. Ulama Ikram say that the acceptance of that dua indicated itself in the sense that Nabi that Anas bin Malik, Allah Taala granted him great wealth. He became very very wealthy as a result of the baraka of the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In fact, with regards to the orchards of Anas bin Malik. it is mentioned yuthmir fi sanati marratain for example the date crops this date crop is harvested once a year in the case of anas bin malik his date crops in other words from his orchards would be twice a year 
whatever fruit he had or vegetation growing against its nature instead of being harvested once a year would be twice a year in the case of Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And with regards to barakah and blessings in his children or in his offspring, Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu himself says that I buried with my own hands. I buried with my own hands in my lifetime 120 of my offspring. So we can see how many children and then grandchildren Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu was blessed with. He lived for a very, very long period of time. Allah Ta'ala gave him barakah in every aspect, in his wealth, in his children, in his life, in his age, as a result of the sincerity with which he served Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and being the recipient of the special dua of Nabi Abak Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Any case, coming back to the riwayat, the previous riwayat, just to remind ourselves, there also was the testimonial of Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu with regards to the akhlaq and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wherein he said kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ahsanan nasi khuluqa he said Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the best of people was the best of people with regards to his character in other words ahsan the most beautiful character and akhlaq Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had in this hadith, we find Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu gives a bit more tafsil, a bit more detail with regards to the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Very, very important for us, my respected brothers. One is we just listen to these things. The other is we have to understand Abiy Apaq sallallahu alayhi wasallam is uswatun hasana. He is the most beautiful example we have in front of us. He is our role model. We have to make every attempt possible to emulate and follow the practice of Rasulullah Sunnah is not only making miswak or sunnah is not only to dress in sunnah manner or to make wudu in a sunnah manner or to make our ibadat in a sunnah manner. The other aspects of the life of Nabi how he behaved with his servants, how he behaved with his wife, what was his character and his akhlaq, this is also sunnah and this carries great reward. And it is extremely important that we imbibe these traits within ourselves. We are living in a primarily non-Muslim society. The number of non-Muslims outweighs the number of Muslims. So it is very possible that our staff will be non-Muslims in a lot of instances. So how do we behave with them? What is our conduct with them? Take lessons from the akhlaq and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nevertheless, coming to the riwayat, Anas radiallahu ta'ala who says, I never touched silk brocade or any silk softer than the palm of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, indicating the tender nature of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Goes on to say that I have never smelt any fragrance. I have never smelt any fragrance more fragrant or more beautiful than the natural fragrance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One, the nature of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a deference and he had a great liking for sweet smells, for itar, for perfumes. In fact, one hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, amongst the three things which Allah ta'ala made beloved to me, 
one of those three things Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah Ta'ala naturally made beloved to me Aitar and in other words, beautiful fragrance and smell. So this was part of the nature of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Himself, Nabi Apaq Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his body, in fact even his perspiration, Sahaba used to collect the droplets of the perspiration of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they would add it. They would add it to their own musk or perfume because it would enhance the beauty of the fragrance of whatever perfume they had. It's mentioned that when Nabiya Pak would make Qaylullah, he would be resting. Obviously, climate of Saudi Arabia is a desert climate. There's a tendency to perspire profusely. Allah's Rasul would perspire while he was resting and we find that the perfume, the drops of perspiration that would fall from the body of Nabi Islam, Sahaba would collect this and they would add it to their perfume, as I mentioned, in order to enhance the fragrance of it. So the natural fragrance of Rasulullah itself was perfume. In fact, better than any perfume. Because Anas radiallahu says, I never smelled any fragrance more beautiful than the natural fragrance which emanated from the body of Rasulullah sallallahu Qazi Ayaz rahimahullah in his kitab he mentions that when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would pass his hands over the head of any child then that child could be distinguished from the rest of the children for the rest of the day because of the beautiful fragrance that would emanate from the hair of that child. They would know automatically that Nabi Sallallahu had passed his hand over the head of this child. If Rasulullah Sallallahu hand touched anyone's hand, then from the hand of that person, for the rest of the day, that hand would emit the fragrance that would naturally come from the body of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. To continue with the riwayat, Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that I was in the service of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for 10 years. Now try and contextualize this. This is a youngster. Allah's Rasul sallallahu age was 53 when Anas bin Malik was brought into his service. 10 years of service, this wasn't an experienced servant. This was a young boy. And children have a tendency to play, they have a tendency towards mischief. They don't always listen to an instruction that is given. Yet we see the extreme tolerance and forbearance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam exhibited in these expressions. Where Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that I served Rasulullah sallallahu for 10 years and in 10 years he never scolded me once. فَمَا قَالَ لِي uf. Never ever Forget scolding, did not say uf. Uf is what? Uf is to lightly express, to very, very lightly express dislike or intolerance. Like we say in English, huh? Or to just make your face a little bit funny. Anas radiallahu says, in 10 years of serving Nabi Sazan, this never happened once. Never became upset with me even once. He goes on. He never said to me about anything that I did. Why did you do this? In other words, never became upset at the manner in which I carried out any function or task in 10 years. And nor did 
with regards to something that I didn't do. Now the fact that Anas radiallahu says, I did something, he never complained about the way I did it. I didn't do something, he never once scolded me or rebuked me, that why didn't you do this? Already that tells you that Anas in his heart knew what I was doing was wrong. Yet, and he expected to be scolded. He expected to be rebuked. He expected for the error of his ways to be pointed out to him. Yet he says, I know what I did was wrong. He never scolded me. Never told me why you did this like this. Or what I didn't do, never said, why didn't you do it? In fact, in one riwayat, it's mentioned with a little bit more detail. Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu sometimes says that Nabi Wasallam would entrust a task upon me. They're going to do this. I would get, see the children of Medina playing, so I would get busy with playing with them. And I would forget to do what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa asked me to do. The family of Nabi Wasallam would get upset with me. What's wrong with you Anas? Nabi Wasallam told you to do this, why didn't you do it? When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would see them scolding him for having not carried out what Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi asked him to do, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, leave him alone. If Allah had decreed that this task was supposed to happen, it would have happened. In other words, not his fault. To this extent, we see the type of akhlaq and character which Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam exhibited, not to the rich or the wealthy or to people that were senior or old, or people that we may say so far as the social rung of society or categories of society are on an equal level or close to his level. This is with a little young man, a young child who is in his, serv- who is in his service. It was very easy to become upset with him, angry with him, to, be, to take the foot off the pedal, we might say, with him. Yet here, ten years, he says, he never scolded me once, never became upset with me once, never rebuked me about any task that I did or didn't do about the manner in which I carried it out. So from this, we learn of the extreme tolerance, forbearance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and that this is part of akhlaq and character. He did not brood over what had passed or what happened or didn't happen, but rather accepted it as Allah's decree, that what Allah had decided, this is what is going to happen. He did not taint his speech with complaints, but was positive and progressive in his demeanor and his manner. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, rather than criticizing all the time and taunting, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's manner towards things was that of encouraging. He had a positive demeanor and a positive manner. And these are important life lessons that we should learn, analyze ourselves. Today, we have a proclivity, we have a tendency to be very negative about things and about those around us. We don't encourage them, we're always speaking at them, we're always taunting at them. My respected brothers, this goes against the very grain of sunnah and it goes against the very essence of akhlaq and character. Be positive, encourage people, smile, give them du'as, don't become upset all the time, don't pick at people. Things are not happening the way you want it. Things are not happening, accept it as Allah's decree rather than fighting with those around you. This will create a positive mizaj, temperament within you also and it will attract people towards you. Like you were still fixed one.